0: everyone and welcome to this ARD podcast. My name is Caroline Oswald, and I'm a social media advisor for ARD and a research group leader at the Center of Experimental Rheumatology at the University Hospital in Zurich, Switzerland. Today I'm here with Mike Becker, who is actually one of my colleagues at the Department of Rheumatology in Zurich, who is also the first author of a study that has been published in ARD and which is called Predictors of Disease Worsening, defined by progression of organ damage in diffuse systemic sclerosis, a U-STAR analysis. Mike, thanks a lot for being here and for talking about your study, Uh, but maybe first you can just introduce yourself with a few words to our listeners.
1: Carolyn, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a great honor to do this. Um, So, as you already said, I'm a rheumatologist working at the University Hospital of Zurich as well, at the Department of Rheumatology, Um, and I have a long-standing research interest in uh, systemic sclerosis.
0: Okay, so then let's go right into the topic. So, you did a study on systemic sclerosis, so what was the aim of this study?
1: So we started uh, this study because we wanted to identify predictors of disease worsening in systemic sclerosis patients, Um, and this especially with regard to progressive organ involvement rather than the increase of skin thickness. And uh, progression of organ involvement was in this study defined as either a new onset of renal crisis a decrease in forced vital capacity of more than 10%, indicating uh, progressing interstitial lung disease, uh, a worsening of uh, heart function in terms of uh, new left ventricular ejection fraction under 45%, or a decrease of more than 10% um, in patients with a lower baseline, or a new onset of uh, pulmonary arterial hypertension, um, or even death. Um, And this we actually looked at in a time span of roughly 12 months.
0: So mostly the design of these studies looks quite uh, straightforward and easy but then there are always problems when we work with this data. So what were the problems you had to address and and how did you address them and what did you find at the end?
1: Yeah, when you do studies in rare diseases you have some, some problems that pop up frequently to be honest. And uh, one of the problems when dealing with rare diseases and registry data, as we did here, is that you always have a certain percentage of missing data. And this limits the statistical analysis that you can do in these cases. So we wanted to look at the association of a binary outcome parameter, in this case, worsening of uh, disease uh, with regard to organ involvement, um, with possible predictive variables. That means data that were collected previously during the assessment of the patients. A classical approach would have been multiple regression, but this is often limited by something that people call the one in 10 rule. You need roughly 10 events per predictor variable in the final analysis um, to make a good model. And in addition, choosing these predictive variables um, can be difficult because as a clinician, you have your usual suspects. But you, what you really want to find is, is usually new associations. Um, and multiple regression is especially um, impacted if you have a high uh, percentage of missing data. So we had two problems that we addressed here uh, and employed to different strategies to overcome these hurdles. Um, So the missing data issue was addressed using a multiple imputation where you kind of um, fill in the gaps by um, calculating missing values uh, with different algorithms. And then um, we replaced the multiple regression approach by a method called LASSO regression. LASSO stands for least absolute shrinkage and selection operator. And that's a statistical regression analysis method that combines a variable, in our case, predictor selection, and regularization in one model. Um, Hence, there's no need to reduce the amount of predictor variables before you start the analysis.
0: Yeah, so as we can see, it's always quite complicated, actually, to look out for all these uh, missing data and, and pitfalls that you can have with working with registry data. But I think one has to say also that uh, you worked with the U-Star cohort, and this is, uh, I think, one of the really best cohorts to do a thing like this. Maybe you can just explain in a few words what the U-Star cohort is.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, well, I already said something about the missing data, but that's something usually encounter with registries. Um, On the other hand, I have to say that the Eustor cohort is really a unique thing. It's a very large, uh, if not the largest systemic cirrhosis patient registry that was founded in Europe but has since acquired contributing centers from all over the world. Um, And it's extremely helpful um, because the patient data are yearly entered in a very standardized fashion. Whenever the patient comes for an assessment, um, these data are centrally curated. Um, and a lot of projects already have uh, benefited from uh, the USTER cohort. And I think this, if, if you really want to address um, an open question for rare diseases where you don't get uh, randomized controlled trials, um, that's something uh, very helpful.
0: Yes, for sure. And I think uh, probably our listeners have also read other studies with the U-Star cohort, so it's really a very, very rich um, registry that can be used for a variety of questions that can be addressed. So that's really a great cohort and a great initiative. So let's go back to the results of your study then. So in your final set of uh, predictors actually, age H- active digital alters, CRP elevation, lung fibrosis, and muscle weakness were included. So now as a clinician, and also based on previous published results, did you more or less expect these predictors or were some of them rather surprising to you?
1: When we looked at the results of our um, analysis, we found these predictors um, associated with the progression, uh, meaning worsening of, of organ involved. And it was actually both. So on the one hand, it was a bit uh, to be expected. On the other hand, it was surprising. These predictors somehow represent, on the one hand, the cardinal features of systemic sclerosis. There's autoimmunity or immune system activation reflected by the CAP. There's vasculopathy, as in active DUs, And there's tissue fibrosis, as in lung fibrosis. And this was reassuring because it confirms that we're looking at predictors that cover the spectrum of the disease. DUs, CRP, as well as previous detection of lung fibrosis, had already identified in other contexts as negative predictors for the disease. On the other hand, the combination of these uh, predictors was not exactly to be expected. Um, but this is actually why we're doing this kind of analysis to find something that might tell us something about the future course of the disease that we didn't know before
0: yes exactly and sometimes exactly this combination makes the difference so that you don't just look at one of the parameters but you actually have to have the whole picture and if you combine them that gives you extra information and of course the purpose of the study was to find the predictors of disease progression for clinical trials mainly, I think. But do you think there is also valuable information for the general rheumatologist looking at SSC patients, some advice that they could take from these results?
1: So although the analysis was planned with a clinical trial in mind, the typical yearly assessment of SSC patients is something that also provides these possible predictors. And hence, I think any clinician who does that in a similar fashion can try to use these data to make a more informed decision on diagnostics and treatments in their own clinical routine. Um, Maybe the most interesting parameter that came up in our um, study was the self-reported muscle weakness. Although we very well know that some patients have myopathy or even frank myositis, And some lose muscle tissue and um, weight during the active phases of the disease. This would be something interesting to follow up because it's not been um, clearly described before.
0: Yes, and something uh, maybe also to look out for a bit more in detail in the patients. So is there any uh, follow-up study planned in this?
1: I'm afraid there's no direct follow-up at the moment. But I think the study emphasizes the possible difference between the skin involvement, which has been a frequent outcome parameter in clinical trials, and organ involvement or worsening of uh, organ function during the disease um, with regard to disease progression. And that's an issue that comes up quite frequently um, in the recent uh, publications, especially in therapeutic trials. And I think this is something that's in, in one or more... Uh, varieties is going to be followed up.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think uh, your study also clearly shows that we probably have to go over the outcome measures in, in SSC again and to make really sure that we can capture disease progression accurately and don't miss anything but f- by, for instance, just looking at the skin and, and don't have a close look at the organs. So I think that was already it. Thanks a lot, Mike, for this interesting um, viewpoint on the study and and background information. And uh, thanks also to our listeners. If you want to read the whole paper, just go on the webpage of ARD, ard ard.bmj.com. And if you want to have up-to-date information, then just follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks a lot for listening and have a lovely day.